headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where dad is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they actually love, and create real, amazing relationships. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book Paycheck to Purpose and host of the Ken Coleman Show, where he talks about career and jobs every day. Answering your questions is also my co-host today. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Tim starts off this hour in Knoxville. Yep. Hi, Tim. What's up? Hey, good afternoon, Dave and Jade. Thank you for taking the call. And a Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. I have... I have an insurance question. Um, Otherwise, uh, uh, my wife and I, who are just approaching retirement age, are doing well following along the baby steps. Uh, But I do have a whole life insurance policy, sorry to say, Uh, and I'm trying to find out what's my best way of dealing with that now. What's my best exit strategy from it? cancel it but let's talk about it um so uh uh what's your net worth uh just under a million okay how old are you uh 65 well done good work and uh so what do you make a year uh currently i am semi-retired but uh between my wife and i we're uh about ninety thousand. what do you make um, I make about 80. Okay. All right. And so she's got a part-time gig and you got a, a, a... actually she's collecting social security. Oh, okay. How old is she? 67. Okay. All right. So the million dollar net worth is what in mutual funds and your retirement accounts or what? Uh, mutual funds and cash. Okay. If it makes 8% a year, that's $80,000 right? Mm-hmm. So if it's invested in good mutual funds, which the market has averaged 11.8. So over time, if it averages around 8%, it makes about what you make. Uh, is yeah. your home paid for? Absolutely. Good. No 100% debt. debt-free. Kids are grown and gone or not any or what? Uh, kids are grown and gone. And uh, that's why we feel the uh, um, insurance policy is no longer necessary. Yeah. That's kind of my point. That's what I'm leading to. You're self-insured by the fact that you're 100% debt-free. If you die, she's okay. Yep. Your money makes as much as you make. If she wanted to draw down on that money, she could keep your exact same income coming in. Uh, Same thing if if she passed away, same situation. And so your need for life insurance of any kind is gone if you don't want to keep it. So in that case, if that, if you come to that same conclusion that I did, then you would simply just cancel the whole life policy and they will send you the cash value. Now they will Mm -hmm. argue and whine and tell you there's tax ramifications and other lies, uh, and carry on like you've done some kind of evil thing, but you haven't and or something stupid and you haven't, you just got rid of a bill. (laughs) What's the cash value? Do you know? Uh, approximately 67,000. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I'll go buy you something nice, man. Cash it out. That's yeah, what that's I would the do. Truth. And I think the advice that, that Dave gave is really important. When you say no and you want to get away from these folks, it's like trying to get out of one of those email lists that you signed up for. There's about 17 questions. They try to guilt you. They try to spin you. And you just understand that's what you're going to face. And you got to go into that phone conversation or if it's face-to-face, knowing absolutely clearly why. And that's why I love that you walked him through the why. You've got to understand the math, and then they can't talk you out of it. Yeah, and I don't, you know, there is no point in debating with a person who sells car leases about car leases. Mm -hmm. They suck. There's no reason to debate it. And the guy that sells car leases, I've I've made this mistake. This is, I mean, a guy called me up, we're Christian brothers. We need to discuss this. And I'm like, yeah, you know, Christians can do math. Let's do it. And so, um, so I'm like, no, it's a bad deal in the name of Jesus. It's a bad deal. (laughs) And so, you know, I mean, and, and, uh, but so what we ended up was I finally figured out in the conversation, I had something I was talking about that I believe, and it's his job. Oh, right. Yeah. So he, in order for him to lose the argument, if he's going to keep his job, he has to be a hypocrite. Or he has to believe he won the argument, or or Dave's just too dumb to understand, and he keeps doing what he keeps doing. Mm -hmm. So those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. So there's no sense in arguing with a whole life life insurance agent, because if you win the argument, they have to quit their job. That's a hard argument. You're just trying to cancel a policy. Mm -hmm. So just say, like, no is a complete sentence. Yeah, that's right. No. No, just tell me what we need to what do. What part of no didn't you get? <laughs> Cancel the stupid thing. No, I'm not leasing a stupid car. You can go do it if you want, but no. Well, what about, don't you don't, don't you want to argue? No, I don't want to argue about this because there's a no win in the argument because you have to quit your job if I win the argument because I will have convinced you that what you're doing is screwing people. And unless you're just a doofus, you're, you're going to have to quit your job. And so I'm not going to I'm not going to enter into this with you. I'll talk about it as a concept. You can listen to me on YouTube, and if you decide that, then you can quit your job. But but it's not a. You see what I'm saying? It's oh a, yeah, you're it's never going to convince battle. them. Yeah, you're never yeah. going to convince them. The goal is not to convince them. The goal is to leave them. Yeah, I, I'm the Democratic representative. I represent. I, I, I'm the president of the Democratic Party. If I want to argue with that guy, if that's his title, right. He has to quit his job That's if right. I win the argument. Yeah, it's not going to And happen. so it's like, no, I'm not going to have an argument with him. I just love him where he is. And I love lots of people that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And by the way, the same thing with that whole like friendship and like, we, no, we can be friendly and classy and Christian brothers, whatever you want to leverage and still disagree. Yeah. And to your point, it's just, I'm getting out of this. But I quit having these Christian discussions. I had yeah. several of them. Yeah. I'll in bet. the early days of the radio, they'd call me up and go, we're brothers in Christ. We need to, we need to, we yeah. need to have unity. We yeah. need to be in agreement on this. And I, I, I'm just disagreeable right. to stupid. Right. And I, you know, I've never debated anybody on any political, social, theological issue where I got done with my points and they went, oh, kid. You're amazingly You're right. Just, I never thought of that. I, I quit. Now see the world the way you I do. I quit. Yeah, it never happens. Never happens. So what you've got to do is just go. You're allowed to vote wrong. <laughs> it's a free country. Yeah. And several of you do apparently. You know, and it's you're you're allowed to sell whole life. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. 
and I still love you. I'm still I'm not mad sure. at you. Yeah. But I mean, and there's probably some stuff I'm wrong, but I just hadn't figured it out yet. Wait till <laughs> I get home, Sharon will tell me. You're blissfully unaware. There we go. This is the Ramsey Show. personality number one best-selling author of the book paycheck to purpose is my co-host today Corey is in dayton ohio hi Corey. welcome to the ramsey show hi thanks for taking my call guys sure what's up okay so i'm a 31 year old debt-free intern who only makes about 800 dollars a month and living with my parents while i finish my associate's degree i was wondering if i'm making the right track with this internship or if i should be focused on something that makes more money well, what is the internship? What area is it in, and what could it lead to? Uh, well, it's a software development internship, and it leads to a job in software development. Um, I haven't been offered any position, but the other people who have done this path have uh, all been given the job afterwards for a software software development position making about 72000 a year. Okay. And how, how long are you into the internship, and when will it be over? I'm about six months into the internship right now, and it's going to be over when I graduate in about a year. Okay. Uh, are you doubting that you should stay with this? Is that why you called? And then why are you doubting uh, it? I'm not necessarily doubting it. I'm well. I guess I am. I'm doubting because of how low how low the money is. It's hard to make ends meet, um, making only eight hundred dollars. And I'm wondering if I should be doing something else. Uh, well, I think the first question I have is, can you supplement that? So I understand why internships don't pay very well. That's just the nature of them, despite a lot of snowflakes thinking they should get full pay for internships. So I love your spirit, but that's the nature of the internship. So the question is between the internship and then your schooling, do you have any time to where you could be working 20, 30 hours a week to supplement that? Uh, not, not a whole lot of time, but I'm sure I can find some time. Um, I could probably do Uber or something. Are you, are, are you already writing code? Yeah, I'm already. I'm gifted with code. I know several languages. So that's uh, the question. Why can you not do some side gigs with code on contract? Uh, I've never. I've never really thought about that. I'm not sure how I would get into that. Uh, Ask are, anybody sitting around you at work. <laughs> that's right. That's where you. <laughs> They're start. all doing it. Uh, but there's another question I have. If let's, and I'm not asking you to or telling you to, but if you were to pause this internship today. Okay. And you just went out into the marketplace based on the code that you're already able to write and the experience you have. Could you get something that's near the 72,000 that would also put you in a position for growth? Or do you feel like this is the best way to get into this work? I think without a little bit more experience, uh, it would be very difficult to. Um, Definitely possible. I have a great resume, but with just some more working experience, I think it would be much, much easier. What's a, what's a great resume? I don't understand. Um, I have good credentials. Um, on coding? I, I, uh, no, I just mean for a job. Oh, in general, like, like you show up and you bathe and stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. essentially. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, you have but, to weigh what your other options are. 
You know, so for instance, it, what's the best way or what's the only way? And I don't think this internship is the only way, but it feels like you believe it's the best way. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Well, then we got to go supplement our income. Thankfully, mom and dad are spotting you uh, and you've got a finish line that's in sight. But I would be getting after it, man, and making as much money as possible so that you're not struggling while you're getting qualified. I don't think that's the right choice. There's nothing wrong with doing what you're doing. I would do two things what, with, along with what Ken's saying. I think he's exactly right. Number one, I would investigate and get – do you do you have anyone in the coding world outside of work that knows the world that you can talk to? Pro- professors of mine, I could. Okay. Uh, number maybe that might give you an answer. I'd like to. I'd rather talk to a practitioner, somebody who's actually. Well, my brother coding. is a software developer. No, oh, there, there we, we go. go. All right, let's call brother and ask him how some of the guys do freelance work. How you put yourself out there for contract on freelance work, and would you be considered maybe a Dev One, which is an entry level software engineer? Okay. Okay. And uh, we've got uh, I don't know 150 Dev Ones in the building here, so I know I know them well. Yeah, I know your project. Every dollar. That's. I wish I worked on something like that. Well, maybe maybe someday we'll get you over here. We always need help. But uh, anyway, the 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 thing is, if you can, if you can qualify in your current skill set as a Dev One, you're worth more than seventy grand today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Or if you're not quite qualified, but you can write some basic entry-level code, maybe join a small team of freelancers that are doing stuff at night on the side, and you can help them by providing some of the grunt work and as just a good side job. Okay, that's a minimum. We need to do that as a minimum. But what I want you to figure out is how marketable are you already? And if you discover I'm not, no one will hire me as a coder at this stage. I'm not good enough yet then you stick the intern thing out for sure. Okay. But if you discover, Hey, I'm already doing almost dev one work and I can get a job making 70 with upside of 110 today without waiting another year and a half, then you go do that. If you've investigated that it's good. And either way, you're going to get peace because if you discover I'm not ready yet, it answers your question. I can be all in on the internship. Mm -hmm. If you go, I am ready today. Then there's no sense in making 800 bucks when I could make 80 or 90 grand. That's right. right. And so that's the thing. It's about expanding your horizons. Uh, I tell you what, Dave, I want to give him my book from paycheck to purpose and having focus on stage three, which is get connected. Yeah. He's got to just dive deep there are seven stages. You're already clear. You're qualified. I think you need to get connected to but see you, what's left for you. You know, if, if you were to contact or be in touch with people like our senior dev guys in the, in the, in the building, they could tell you in 30 minutes right. if the level of code you're writing is marketable mm-hmm. or, do you, or shut up and stay an intern until you get this crap figured out, yeah. right? Um, and that's all you want to know. That's all I want to know if I'm you. Tell me to shut up and I'll put my nose down. I'll do it. That's right. Or tell me you're getting, you're done, man. You can get out there and get moving. Let's get out there and get swinging. Then. That's it. And I have a formula for feedback, Dave, that if anybody this applies to you, I would get three to five of these conversations that Dave's been talking about. Three to five. And, and not, professors so are we, my last choice because they're not doing it. That's right. Three to five practitioners. Okay, and that's what we want to do so we can get a, a, a wide variety of input and go, where are the averages? What are the consistencies? Don't just go to one person and get one person's opinion. It's not enough. Yeah, Dev ones are entering the market. It's above 70. So you're, yeah. if you're playing right around there, you should be fine. Yep. 
and um you know but you may not be yet and that's okay you're then you need to stick with the internship and push it on through but it sounds like that you've got your path it's just a matter of whether you need to use this exact methodology to stay on that path that's right yeah he knows where he wants to go now it's just what's the best way to climb it anthony is in uh, california hi anthony welcome to the ramsey show hello hey what's up hey how's it going dave thanks for taking my call sure how can we help um hey so yeah my wife and i we moved um from orange county about an hour inland it's like an hour and a half with traffic and um we bought a house and uh we're kind of in a point where we we want to move back because you know the commute's just it's kind of killing me i don't really get to see my family too often um and then also the uh the area we were in, we had family there, or we have family there, but it's just, uh, we're realizing why we lived in Orange County in the first place. So, um, Did you realize that you couldn't afford it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's part of the reason why we bought, you know, an hour inland. Yeah, because you can't um, afford to buy in Orange County. What do you make? I mean, What's your can. household income? Um, so, I mean, base is 75 and, um, you know, usually I, I kind of make somewhere between like, you know, 90 and a little bit more depending on the year. Okay. And how old are you? Um, I just turned 30. Okay. So if you sell your house and move back, you're going to uh-huh. be, you know, you, you make good money, uh, but you uh-huh. don't make good money for Orange County. You just make enough to survive. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, we do have you know family that would be supportive my family you know we, we're not we, we're not going to set up a life that's not sustainable that our family has to support us yeah you're right that's not a life no you need to have a plan that's sustainable where you have dignity you stand on your own i'm not saying you can't live in orange county i'm just saying that that's the trade-off it's why you left in the first place so yeah definitely if you're if you're done move back but know that you know home ownership's probably going to be many years out if ever, until you get your income up and get your career going. And definitely sell the property that you're leaving behind. We're not going to stay in the rental property business. You're not going to have enough money. This is The Ramsey Show. Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. James and Becky are with us. Hey guys, how are you? Hi, Dave. Hey there. Welcome, welcome. Where do y'all live? We're from Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, little trip to Nashville. <laughs> Just a short jaunt. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the uh, sunshine and the uh, yes, and the, the warmth, warmth and, and the warmth and stuff. Yeah. And not three feet of snow. We really appreciate yeah. that. Well, and you, you, think we appreciate you leaving it there. So, <laughs> hey, good to have you. How much debt have you guys paid off? We paid off two hundred and twenty-two thousand five dollars and thirty-four cents. Love it. How long did that take? Almost eight years. Good for you. And your range of income during that eight years? Uh, it started out with just me by myself at about forty thousand dollars a year, and 
and uh, we ended last year at about 230000 Okay. So you got married along the way. Yes. And the 222000 was what kind of debt? It's a little bit of everything. So we had student loans, car loans. Uh, we, I had financed just about everything. Um, so it was, it was a little bit of everything. We were just just normal yeah. okay all right and so you started this plot process eight years ago by yourself i did yeah how did you run into the ramsey stuff um kind of on accident so i actually this little guy that i have with me was six weeks old mm-hmm. and i became a single mom and uh, my ex-husband got arrested and sentenced to a long prison term and I got shouldered with all of our joint debt um, in the divorce process. And so it was a really terrifying time. And I treaded water for about four years until a friend at church said, have you ever heard of Dave Ramsey? And I, I don't think she knew the monster she was creating. Um, but I, I went to FPU. I actually went to FPU seven times and I just kept going back and I kept wow. going back because I needed to be in community as a single mom. Um, mm. And then at the, the end of that seventh time, the coordinator put his arm around me and said, I think it's time for you to start teaching this. <laughs> uh, so I've taught, I'm actually about to wrap my seventh class next week. Wow, um, thank so you. So it's, it's just, a, it became a way of life for me. So Thank you. So that's how we got classes going in Anchorage. <laughs> yeah. I always yes. wonder. Yes. Wow. You know, I, I want to follow up on that because I, I think people hear us talk about Financial Peace University, whether they've been here a long time in the audience or in a short time. But... As a single mom going through not just being a single mom, but a traumatic way of going into that yeah. status, it was the community. That's yeah. why you kept going back. But I want you to go a couple levels deeper. What was it like to go into those classes, all seven of them, and just be a part of something? What did it do for you in your unique situation? I think it just gave me hope. And it, it let me learn every time I learned something new. It was a little piece of something, or I met somebody, or I read something, or I listened to something that just kept encouraging me. And, you know, I was $185,000 in debt by myself um, and I had $40,000 of income. And it was just kind of like, this is not a possible thing. You know, this is insurmountable is what it felt like. And I had this little tiny guy to take care of all yeah. by myself with no child support. So it was just kind of this... Um, it was massive fear, but it, it, it was the one place I could go that I was like, these people get me. And they, we have these like-minded mm-hmm. um, dreams and goals and aspirations. And, and they really helped to kind of push me to, to just keep going, even though it felt like it was going to take forever. How many wow. times were there where you felt like quitting and uh, oh, you went to a class <laughs> and it changed everything? A, a whole bunch. And in fact, there were times when I would take little hiatuses and I'd have people pop in and say, hey, how's it going? You know, how, how have you been? Where, where are you at? How yeah. are things? And, you know, I, I started coordinating when I was still in baby step two and I was still a single mom. And mm. I just felt like if there was one person who could get it, it was worth it. Yeah. You know, it just made it all worth it. So. Well, and you yeah, they can't argue with you. I mean, you're doing it. So there you go. So how long have you all been married? Uh, just over two years. Okay. How did you meet? We met online. Okay. Um, and actually, I'll let you tell the first date story. <laughs> yeah. So um, my story is I basically, in my divorce, uh, I looked at the assets and debt, and we had nothing in the assets and everything in the debt. And we were basically splitting debt when we got our divorce. And I just didn't even know what to do. And on our first date uh, with this one, she mentioned Dave Ramsey about five times. She was about as subtle as a hand grenade on that. <laughs> Obviously, you were an important part of her life, and uh, I needed to know something about it. So um, I was actually in the middle of selling my house, and she was in the middle of uh, her class on fi- or on real estate. So she was like, hey, why don't you come and take a look at this class and uh, see what it's like? 
then the next time she coordinated, I was in the front row, first person uh, signing up for that class. And I have now that had nothing to do with the class. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're so financially responsible. <laughs> yeah, he fell in love with Dave Ramsey. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I like I like to say that uh, basically she did all the work. Like yeah. uh, as a single mom working two, three jobs, yeah, I basically came in at the end of the marathon with a cup of water and was like, "Great job." <laughs> but uh, well, that for, does, it did help to get yeah. the income up and be. Able to attack yeah. it and knock it on off. and to have yeah. somebody to be accountable to right that wasn't well just... and encouraging yeah, yeah. Just, absolutely just like you because you, you you know you're being mama bear out there fighting on your own scratching and clawing every day and it just takes some of the desperation away to have somebody walking beside you yeah I mean, it's a different thing yeah that's uh it's part of the emotional journey and uh, what you guys have been through i'm so proud of y'all thank you well done guys very very yeah. very well done okay now when you're coaching and you're coordinating these classes with all these people in there you did an amazing amazing thing here and they ask you okay i don't think i can do it what do you got to do to get out of debt what do you tell them um i think my biggest piece that i tell people is to truly know your worth and what you're worthy of and what you actually deserve because there's a lot of people that are like especially in alaska right we hunt we fish we camp we have summers that the sun never goes down Mm -hmm. and so we need a camper and we need the new fishing gear and we need to go on this hunting excursion and, and the it's, boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that, um, you know, the, the feeling that you actually deserve this feeling of not being afraid anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you deserve this, you don't like, not the handbag, not the pedicure or not the trip, you know, it's uh, and that's what I try to tell them is it's just, it's one step at a time. It's one little bite. It's one little piece. Um, and you you move forward, you know, and eventually it, it might you might be sucking wind when you get there, eight, <laughs> but we got there. Eight years. Eight yeah. years. Was it worth it? Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. I would do it again in a heartbeat. But you won't have to. No, never. No, <laughs> never. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't even say that out loud. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's a lesson thoroughly learned. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well done, you guys. Very, very proud of you. You're heroes. Yeah. Very I, cool I got to ask very quickly. Um, now you're on the other side of this, and I love how you said you're panting. You know, you, when you finally get there, I mean, it's an exhausting marathon. What are you guys dreaming about now? You guys are a young couple. Yeah, we got a oh, baby coming in January. Okay. So we're, we're starting over. Um, part of the perfect story. timing. Perfect yeah. timing. Yeah. yeah so we're, Very we're, cool. we're growing our family, and then uh, we're looking at doing some traveling. And, you know, it. James works remotely, and so he'll be able to be home a little bit more instead of us taking those, you know, 500 mile away jobs and things like that. It. So well, let's bring your guy up. What is his name and age? His name is Logan and he just turned 12. All right, Logan. Well done. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, that's Good sweet. stuff. All right. We've got a copy of the live and give bundle for you guys. It has in it the uh, total money makeover. It has the baby steps millionaires in it and a one year membership to financial peace university. I'm sure you're giving that away. Yes. And uh, <laughs> you enjoy as much of it as you want. Give away the rest of it. It's all good. It's here for you to do both so very proud of you guys thank you very very well done Mm. james becky and logan anchorage alaska two hundred and twenty two thousand dollars paid off in eight years making 45 to 230 the majority of that she did as a single mom so any of you out there that think it can't be done she just uh mic dropped on you there you Mm -hmm. go so count it down guys let's hear a debt-free scream ready three Three. Two, one, we're debt free! Yeah! Yeah! 
That, ladies and gentlemen, is how it's done. Well, um, you just uh, have encountered a very tough lady with a lot of grit. Yeah. Man, she hustled and grinded through that. That was amazing mm. how long she pushed and pushed and pushed until that breakthrough happens. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. David is with us in San Antonio. Hi, David. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. David, Ken, how are you today? Better than we deserve. What's up? Awesome. Um, so my wife and I, we've been married for a little over one and a half years. Uh, we want to get into our first house by next summer. We're in baby step four and five right now. We have a three-year-old, and we have another one on the way in about two or three weeks. <clears throat> So with that being said, our household income is at 157K going into next year. Um, so we have been, over the last you know, five years or so, we've been contributing money towards our house fund into growth stock mutual funds. Um, so far, we have contributed about $166,000 towards that house fund. But because of this market that we're in with the stock market, um, it's gone down about 30K. Uh, so right now we're at about 135000 in that house fund. My question is, do we take that hit uh, of that thirty k to get into a house in the next six to eight months, or do we just ride it out, you know, until we at least get, I would say, at least half that back <laughs> in, that, in that fund? Yeah. When are you thinking about buying a home? Uh, well, our lease is up in May, at the end of May. This year? And in 23? Yes, this year. Yes, sir. Yep. So you got six then, months. Yep. So we're looking at about, you know, June, July, probably. Yeah. Okay. And we can always do like the month to month police too, if we need to. All right. I, I, I cannot figure out exactly what you've got your money in because it's down more than the market is down. Yeah. So our portfolio is down about, I live today about 21%. Um, at least for, and we have in the last you know, 12 we're, months we're of Dow swap. Jones is off 7%. Yeah. And again, I've been self, <laughs> I've been self managing this. Um, so like I said, I mean, just doing the, the regular four that you, that you, you know, teach, but again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to make that bad on, on your teaching. No, I'm no, no they're not the, accounts, putting but. mutual, put across, putting across those four mutual funds, uh, for the short term is never a play. Um, you had a five-year right. window and the five-year windows very seldom lose money. If you'd have just been in a simple growth stock mutual fund that followed the market, like an S and P 500, as an example, right? that's probably what I would have put you in for saving for a house instead of across those four. The four are for primarily for long-term plays in, um, retirement accounts and so forth. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Right. This is where we are. So the, the question is this, it is not what you started with. 
that causes you to make the decision to pull it. It's what you right. think it's going to do. Right. So, I mean, let's pretend you started with um, 100000 and it was worth 160 Then, you know, you still have to make the decision, do I pull it now based on what I think it's going to do between now and May of 23? If it's going down and then back up and then back down, and it's net down of what I put in, which is where you are, I have to make the decision, what do I think it's going to do between now and May of 23? So the the past causes us to be emotional, but it's really not your best, you know, you don't, you don't say, well, I'm trying to recover some of the money. That's called a sunk right. cost analysis, and that's always a fallacy. You don't want to use that as your critical thinking path. Your critical thinking path is, I, I, I reach a necessary ending with anything, an investment, a relationship, a job, whatever it is, when, I lo- when I've lost hope for the future. And you don't have to completely lose hope in the stock market, but your hope, would, if you've lost hope that in the next uh, six months, from now until May of 23, that the market is going to go up. Is it going to go up over the next six months? If you think no, then you would get out today. Mm-hmm. If you think yes, then you would stay in. I truly don't know what it's going to do between now and May. I have no <laughs> idea. What would I do if I were in your shoes? Hmm. I would, uh, I'm pretty risk averse. I don't like risk. Um, I, the things I buy and invest in are very conservative, generally speaking. So I'm couching my answer in that. I'm probably going to split the difference. I'm probably going to pull half of it and let right. the rest of, let the rest rest of it ride until May, and let's see if I can make some back on that. Uh, but that way, I've limited the the, the whole stinking thing's not going to go down another thirty grand on me, right? Yeah, no way. And no way. yeah, and so, hope, hope not. <laughs> uh, I, but I have no idea. I mean, we've got so many things affecting this economy now in the short term that are negative uh interest rates we they're you know the fed is doing its best to push us into a recession to slow interest rate growth um they've stated that um and and so what does that do to the stock market not necessarily anything except if profits go down because consumer activities go down like buying crap then uh you're going to see the market drop more so i don't know uh, because we're being so poorly led right now on the economic front that the, the variables that government does control are screwing up everything. Um, right. I'm being pretty negative. So what would I – I would pull half of it. I'd pull <laughs> yeah. half of it, and I'd ride with the other half. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I like I, that. I, in the, over the last couple of months or so, we've been we've decided to, like, not put the money into the – Mutual funds and Agreed. just start saving cash. I would add no like more. That. Yeah, I would add no more. Right, exactly. And so this kind of clears things. That's something we've been fighting with yeah. the last couple months. Now, or so, let me so. let me say really, really loudly because people are I always get misquoted and misconstrued and misconstrued and everything. Um, but <laughs> say really, really, really loudly. I am not saying that you should pull your money out of mutual funds if you're in a long-term investment situation. You're not in a long-term investment situation. You're in a short-term. But 100% 
of my 401k money is in mutual funds, the four types you're talking about, and 100% of it is staying there. I'm not moving a dime out of the market for long term. I have not lost hope in the market in the long term. No. I just don't know what the flip is going to happen with these idiots in Washington between now and May. They could screw up Christmas. They've still got two weeks to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just I, awful. I do. I, I'm somewhat optimistic and, and with the caveat that nobody can predict what the market's going to do. However, I'm always half full. I think you're going to see a lot of companies already doing it. You're seeing a lot of major public companies do layoffs to get control of their balance sheet. We, we went on a rant about this last week. Well, to make more profit. To make more profit. So I do think you're going to see the stock market. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good first and second quarter. I think things are going to stabilize there because – uh, I do think the inflation situation, and even though the Fed's going to keep bumping the rates, um, I, the job market's very strong. I don't see that being affected. So I, I think it's going to shake out. Yeah, the, um, the real estate market has slowed down, but it needed to. It had to. It was overheated. That's right. It's not It's not. An, it's not diving or anything like no. that. It's doing about what we told you it was going to do. It's going to go up 5 to 7% in 23. And would you say the fundamentals are ripe for a nice rebound? Because inventory is still low. I don't think there's going to be a rebound because everybody's got their lips stuck out and is whining about interest rates. And a lot of people think psychologically that the market is actually worse than it really is. Right. So, um, you know, no, I've got a property on the market that I'm liquidating and uh, they came in with less than a full price offer the other day. And I told them I'll wait. How long before you think uh, the American house shopper psyche adjusts to this new interest rate reality? Well, I mean, let's face it, we're all drama queens. <laughs> so we overplay the up and we overplay the down. You know, it's like, woohoo, that's awesome! It's not nearly as awesome as you're acting like. Right. Or, oh, God, the world's coming to an end! Not as much as you say. I mean, they overplay it. Right. And so it's, it, and part of that is they watch the news too much and believe what's that's on the news. That's correct. And, uh, you know, if you're getting your information from people in the bathtubs at the break or walk-in bathtubs, you yeah. know you've got crazy information, all right? <laughs> so um, it's just like... Oh, I call that headline hysteria. Yeah, exactly. And I think that affects it more than it really is. So the market has slowed down. We told you it was going to slow down. We yeah. needed to slow down the real estate market. So I don't know what the stock market's going to do between now and May. I really don't. But long term, I'm 100% have not changed a, an ounce of that. Do not tell people I said to pull your money out of the market because it's going down. I did not say that. I was talking about May. God, I hate having to be so overly clear. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.